was the bottom of the ninth, with McGuire up at bat. Feeling so at home in my giant ace cap. I was eight years old, wearing gold and green. From my head to my toes, rap game Billy Bean. She was my first kiss, but I don't think it counts. On the kindergarten trip to the Oakland Firehouse. Sitting in the stands with her family. With the baseball glove her dad handed me. As the season unfolded, we held our breath. Watching Ricky Henderson, the quickest runner in the West. Hello, and welcome to the podcast Jokestrap with Wes Hoffman. Here, Wes will discuss two of his favorite things, which are sports and stand-up comedy. Hence the name Jokestrap. If you like this episode, please subscribe to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or iTunes, or wherever podcasts are available. With that being said, please enjoy this episode of Jokestrap. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 88 of Jokestrap. This is Wes Hoffman. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. It is April 10th, 2021, and yes, I realize it has been a while since the last episode. Once again, what a surprise. How does he do it? He does an episode and then completely doesn't do one for a while, and then all of a sudden he appears out of nowhere. How does he do it? Well, I'll tell you how he does it in this weird pandemic world we live in where we have the baseball season that started on April 1st and then we still have NHL and NBA going on at the same time NHL and NBA are supposed to be in the fucking playoffs right now they're not they're still in their regular season this conflicts schedule for Wesley makes it harder to find time to record podcasts Wes thinks that he might have to start recording podcasts while watching sports at the same time and then uploading later. Just a thought. May have to do this if want to keep consistent. But also, Wes lazy. Wes don't think he want to do that that badly. Wes think he don't have many listeners besides maybe one or two people that aren't really bots that are showing up in his whatever. You know? You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I'm here. I'm trying to give an update. It's April 10, 2021. Like I said, baseball season started April 1st. Um, so I'm happy that baseball is back, even though my Oakland A's started off kind of slow. Uh, they were 0-6 going into the season, 0-7, uh, something like that. Anyway, it was a bad start. 0-6 going into the season. They had to play the Astros the first four games of the season. Lost all of those. Then they went to play the Dodgers. Lost the first two games of that series before winning the third game on Wednesday, April 7th. And then they played the Astros again in a three-game series in Houston. Then they lost again on Thursday, April 8th. But they now have a two-game winning streak and won on April 9th and April 10th. So the A's are 3-7. and seven. The A's at this point have played more games than anybody else in the majors. Weird, right? Weird. Anyway, um, yeah, so that was a little bit of a surprising thing out of the gate for Major League Baseball. Some other surprising things uh, so far this short into the season um, is... We have the Red Sox and Baltimore Orioles at the top of the American least. American least. <laughs> I put American League East into one word and said American least. I'm stupid. Anyway, um, but yeah, so we have that, what I just said. We have the Red Sox and the Orioles 
uh, in first place, American League East. So that's really weird that that's happening right now. Um, and uh, let's see, other surprises. I would say Phillies being first place in National League East, 5-2 and two is a bit surprising right now. Um, the Reds being in first place at 6-1, and one, uh, that's surprising to some, um, to me anyway. Um, but, you know, it's one weekend of the season, so you can't really draw from anything. Uh, the Angels being in first place 6-2, and kind of surprising, kind of not. I mean, they do have a good lineup. But anyway, um, one week, a little bit more than one week into the season. So it's hard to draw to any conclusions from anything. It's hard to be upset if you're in last place, or and it's hard to be excited if you're in first place. So that's just where we're at right now. Um, but yeah, glad that baseball is back. Um, I did get my first uh, vaccination shot for the COVID. I got my first uh, shot on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, y'all. Uh, that was my terrible Irish impression. I am sorry to Conan O'Brien and anybody else I may have offended because I'm sure they're all listening. I'm sure they're listening, people. I don't think they're listening, but whatever. Oh, also, I would like to apologize for the last episode. I think the volume adjustment I had, whatever I did, uh, came out really bad quality, um, at least when I played it back to kind of go over it. Um, I think it came back a little too muffled. So sorry about that to my one or two listeners and Conan O'Brien. I apologize. <laughs> I don't know why I keep... Anyway, um, so yeah, anyway, I was saying I got my first vaccine shot on April's... On April, on March 17th. And the only reason I mention that is because I got Moderna and because the second shot is slated for this Wednesday, April 14th. And then you wait two weeks after that and then two weeks after that you're fully vaccinated. So April 28th, I'll be fully vaccinated according to science. And uh, so I'll be going to my first baseball game in over a year, attending in person on May 6th. I'll be going to the A's and Blue Jays game. So that is what I'm currently looking forward to a lot. Um, so I just want to get through this month of April. Like, hurry up. Like, get you done. Um, I told myself I wasn't going to go to a game in person until I was fully vaccinated. My personal choice. Uh, I just, I'd feel more comfortable if I was, so that's what I'm going to do. And uh, so, going to a game, May 6th, see how that plays out, see what see what it's like to order food strictly through the app, have your ticket strictly through the app, do everything strictly through the phone, see how, see how the processes work out and experience it at least once. We'll, we'll see how many games I end up going to this season. With the way they do the tickets these days, the... They got these pod situations, you know, and uh, or maybe you don't know. I don't know why I said they got these pod situations, you know, like everyone knows. You may not know. Anyway, so they have these pods in most of the stadiums right now where you buy tickets in sets of two or four. And even if you only had three people in your pod, you still got to buy that fourth ticket. So that's kind of annoying, right? Um, but... Or if you if you want to go alone, one person, you still have to buy the second ticket. So it, it's it kind of sucks for you know us losers that are alone all the time. Uh, but um, where was I going with this? Uh, 
but yeah, it'll be interesting just to see how it how it plays out. Um, uh, what capacity the stadium's going to be out by the time I go to the game May sixth. I think right now they're selling tickets in Oakland at twenty five percent capacity. Uh, in Houston for the Astros games, uh, they're at fifty percent capacity, but there's really no pods in Houston. It seems like it seems like there was big groups of people sitting together, but then they were just letting fifty percent fill the stadium it seemed kind of pointless like why do 50 percent and then not have any other like i don't know it was weird but um and then the rangers are selling their full stadium the the only rule is they have to wear their mask when they're not eating so i i don't know how that's been playing out yet um but you know Everyone's got their own thing. Everyone's got their own different tiers, different rules. Uh, California is supposed to be completely scheduled to be completely reopened again, like uh, June 15th, I believe. Um, so that would mean, like, apparently, if that's everything, that means the A's could sell the full stadium. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. I know on April 23rd, uh, the San Jose Sharks and the um, Golden State Warriors are going to allow fans back at limited capacity indoors. So, um, it we're we're getting closer. We're getting closer, people, to being able to do a lot of the stuff we want to do again. So that's nice. Um, yeah. Uh, and then then blah blah. What was I going to say? Oh, so um, I did write up some baseball predictions prior to the season. I posted them on my website on March 30th. Uh, I'm not going to read through my predictions here. If you want to check out the predictions that I came up with, my little analysis and whatever not, whatever not, and <laughs> whatnot, uh, I can't speak well today. No good. No good English. I bad at words. I've been too long to podcast. No, no, no talky well. Um, but, uh, <laughs> hello, I am not drunk, I'm sober, this is weird, but, um, yeah, the predictions are on the website, because obviously, uh, I'm not gonna say I'm here, not, not this time, I did it before, where I just read the blog on the podcast, but what's the point, it's on the blog, you wanna see it, you go to the blog, go to the blog, okay, it's, uh, westhoffman.com, and then you click on the little link that says a blog. And then you'll see it there. It's titled 2021 Major League Baseball Predictions. It's kind of hard to miss. You know, you see the title. You're like, oh, these must be the predictions. It's not the blog titled West Porn Film Snuff. You know, it's not that one. <laughs> Just kidding. There's no blog with that title. What kind of blog is that? That's a video. That's not a blog. That's a video. Anyway, um, just kidding. It's not a video either. Okay, Conan, I'm kidding. Um... Anyway, um, hi. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, baseball. Baseball's underway. I just discussed that. I talked about that. That was a good time. Uh, but, like I said, hockey and uh, basketball are still going on. So, where, where are we standing there? Where are we standing there with the Warriors? Okay, so let's look at the Warriors in the Western Conference right now. Uh, they are at 24 and 28. Okay, they're four, four games under 500. And uh, in a normal season, um, the Warriors would not be in a playoff spot right now. In a normal season, the Warriors would not be in a playoff spot. They're 10th in the conference. But 
in this weird 72-game season they're doing this year. Um, and they've played how many games? 60? No. What's 24 plus 28, guys? Uh, 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 numbers. 52 games? Okay, that's 52. So they have 20 games left. Thanks, guys, for the help. Um, they have, they have, uh, they have 20 games left in their regular season now. But, um, after 52 games, they're four games under 500, and they're in 10th place in the Western Conference. And the top eight teams in the conference make it in the playoffs. And then the ninth and 10th spot play in a, like a play-in game or something. Like they, they have a play-in game. Like it's a wild card game for a ninth spot. I, I, I don't know how it works, but this, apparently the Spurs and Warriors would then play each other in a one-game playoff, I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's a one-game playoff. I don't really know how it works, you guys, but I do know that if you're in the ninth to 10th spot, you are considered a play-in team, and you can play your way into the playoffs. So I don't know. I mean, the Warriors, like I said, they're in the 10th spot. They're barely ahead of the Pelicans right now in that 10th spot. How badly do you, they want to get in this play-in game? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I know Draymond Green said he didn't really, you know, he he's not trying to win no playing game. He's trying to win, like, every game. So, eh, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Um, now, I had written off the San Jose Sharks for the rest of the season. Uh, and for, in terms of hockey, I was like, oh, there's no way they're going to make their – their uh, playoffs in their division. You know, they're playing only their division, the West Division, called the Honda West Division. Don't forget the word Honda. Got to mention the sponsor. Um, but uh, the Honda West Division. Anyway, uh, the top four teams in that division make the playoffs. The top four teams right now are the Colorado Avalanche, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Minnesota Wild, and the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes have 43 points in the standings, and right now the Sharks stand at 40 points. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. So, the Sharks have been playing well recently. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, who are right above them, have not been playing well. They're 3-6-1 and one in their last 10 games. So, the Sharks have been climbing the standings a little bit, and they're only three points back of Arizona for that fourth spot in the standings. So the Sharks still have a shot at making the playoffs in this weird 56-game season that they have. So right now they are 18-17-4. And, and how many games is that? I believe that is 39 games, right? Yeah. So 39 games. So they got 56-game season. 56 minus 39 is... Is... Hello? Answer me. Oh, you guys can't, huh? 17. 17 games left in their season. So, so yeah. So, we'll see what happens with the Sharks, and we'll see what happens with the Warriors. Will they get squeak into the playoffs? Will they not? Will anyone care? I don't know. I mean, it'd be kind of nice to squeak in now that fan, you know fans are going to be allowed back in your arenas on the 23rd, right? So, let's give these cities some excitement. Get in the playoffs, buddy. Um, the Sharks did make a trade today. They traded their backup goalie, Devin Dubinick, um, who they actually just acquired in the offseason prior. So he didn't play many games with the Sharks during his tenure 
during his stay with San Jose. Um, they traded him off to the Colorado Avalanche, which is interesting because they traded him to their divisional opponent. But they've traded him to Colorado for a fifth-round draft pick um, in this coming draft and uh, for a defenseman by the name of Greg Paterin, uh, who I don't know too much about. But uh, seems like a good trade for the Sharks, and uh, we'll see what that does. Uh, how that changes things. Obviously, uh, uh, it seemed like Devin Dubnik was going to be the main guy in San Jose for a little bit because uh, Martin Jones was struggling, but Martin Jones has been on fire lately, so that probably made the decision a little easier to trade Devin Dubnik, which the Sharks ended up doing. Uh, the Sharks will be playing the second of a back-to-back uh, series tonight against the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, they have won... I believe it's six in a row against the Kings now, the Sharks have, and so they're going to try to make it seven tonight. So pretty good run of success against the Kings, especially for Martin Jones, the former Los Angeles Kings. Seems to do well against his former team all the time. So uh, we got that coming up. So, yeah, so a lot of sport action. So, like I said, makes it a little tougher to – update this podcast on the reg <laughs> but i'll try i'll try i'll see what i could do we'll we'll see how motivated i am that's the real thing about anything these days is like how motivated am i to do this right now uh sometimes i can't even motivate myself to watch a movie you know it's like uh but once i'm able to go somewhere and do stuff and get some sort of routine going i think uh things will be better um and that's Hopefully only a month or two away from being able to happen. Um, yeah. Because right now, you know, it's kind of like Groundhog's Day where every day is like, oh, yeah, what are you going to do today? Uh, what can I do today? Uh, <laughs> you guys know you've been living that life. Same as me. Why am I complaining? You probably have it worse than I do. I shouldn't complain, but here I am because I complain about shit. So anyway, um... All right, so um, I want to move on from sports right now and talk a little bit about comedy. I'm going to read you an article. I'm going to read to you, baby, um, about uh, stand-up comedy uh, and an article that was posted recently on Paste Magazine. Uh, It's called Hustle Culture is Ruining Comedians. Um, It's by Olivia Cathcart. It was posted on March 31st, 2021. I saw this article on uh, Facebook and thought it was a good one, thought I wanted to share it. So I'm going to go ahead and read that and maybe discuss my thoughts on it. So um, here we go. Um, I'm going to read to you guys, okay? Again, Pace Magazine, Olivia Cathcart is the author. The article is called Hustle Culture is Ruining Comedians. Here we go. It's been a year since COVID put live entertainment on a forced hiatus. For some comics, it's been a year since they performed on a live show, while others never stopped. To call a side effect of of a global pandemic a silver lining seems like an insult to actual silver linings. But any forced moment of of pause can lead to much-needed reflection. During that fleeting minute where it seemed like we'd be facing merely a two- or four-week nationwide shutdown, 
oh, how naive, there was a small sigh of relief. Suddenly, you could do the thing you're never supposed to do in comedy. Take a damn break. Whether a few days or a week or two, taking a breather is so frowned upon. You're expected to hold your breath indefinitely. Turning blue in the face is the only path towards Conan salvation. Of all the toxic mentalities embedded in the comedy industry, hustle culture is taught the earliest. Sorry about that. <laughs> Hustle culture, a.k.a. the billionaire mindset, tells you to never get more than three hours of sleep, never stop networking, never say no. The less you take care of yourself, the more worth you have. Regardless of the industry, an obsession with hustling is a surefire path to burnout, yet it hardly ever, yet it is hardly ever acknowledged in stand-up despite its high prevalence. No, you have to get up every day. Do multiple shows a night. Say yes to every gig. Do every room. A too literal interpretation of Gladwell's 10,000 hours rule is perpetuated everywhere, from the club owner that requires two late-night credits for a booking to the indie booker that demands performers are getting up at least three times a week to do their basement showcase. Somewhere along the way, comedy become, became just a numbers game. The hustle is less about accumulating a vast library of quality jokes and more of a mad dash to being the most booked and busiest in town, a continuance of the sort of influencer culture where the appearance of doing things is more important than how you actually do them. It's not about being the funniest. It's about being viewed as a real comedian, the most valid comedian. The brain poisoning brought on by hustle culture was on full display this last year. While some comics pivoted to safe digital shows, others wasted no time working around COVID precautions rather than with them to preserve their access to physical stage time. And while some comedians on these lineups do indeed rely on stand-up to pay their bills, just as many can only rely on stand-up to pay for their Hulu subscription with ads, even when they were given an out, a perfect excuse to take a, a beat, so many cannot. But if we build a culture that validates your status as an artist around time clocked in, how could anyone feel comfortable sitting still? Taking care of yourself is a guilty pleasure in comedy rather than a basic necessity. Comedians are terrified to slow down as if they were sharks and would die if they stopped moving. It's not just about the performance you give on stage, it's the one you do for your peers. From alerting Facebook to every mic you're, on, you're doing, on a weekly basis to making a boomerang of every single comedian at the show you're attending for your Instagram stories, everyone killing it naturally as is the only possible outcome, keeping up with appearances holds just as much weight as honing your craft. After all, you can kick off the rust from taking a week off, but you can never get back those lost posting windows. Other than Gladwell and the first guy who insisted on giving you unsolicited advice after your first open mic, there is no validity to this quantity over quality method of success. Even those who self-impose a quota onto themselves do not judge another stand-up set by the number of jokes they can, that can be crammed into it, but rather by the quality of said jokes. So what are we doing here? 
If time accrued was the leading factor in becoming funny, nobody under 30 would ever step foot on a late night stage. Regardless of where you live, for, Eddie, for every Eddie Pepitone, there's a vet who's been doing this for two decades and hasn't improved one iota since year one. And for every Kevin Hart, there's a workhorse that has more sets a night than they have punchlines. Sometimes being consistently put on millions of shows doesn't mean you're bookable, but rather just very available. Hustle culture not only leads to burnout, but contributes to keeping bad shows and gatekeepers in power as they benefit the most from the never-say-no mantra. Again, just like corporate America, toxic work environments do not need to exist. Challenging, challenging gigs can be useful, but some are insurmountable, and anybody escaping with set limbs intact is an outlier. It is more likely that you've improved as a comedian, not because you've thrown yourself into a tough environment, but in spite of it. Carrying around the badge of the comic who does bad rooms is just another casualty from the glorification of the tortured artist archetype, a notion that often stops people from going to therapy, getting medicated, or divorcing themselves from destructive vices. Burning the candle at both ends in order to impress people that care far, far less about your gig count is more likely to be the thing that tanks your career than what catapults it. Even in the arts, hell, especially in the arts, a healthy work-life balance is the actual thing that'll keep you going. You're allowed to work at a slower pace. You do not need to do every show. You can limit yourself to what's reasonably manageable on a given night and work the places and with the people you respect. What good is it about getting up three times a week if you haven't written a new closer in two years? What good is it getting up three nights, three times a night if you're going to half-ass your set running jokes on autopilot? The amount of effort you put in is what's most important, and the time you spend off stage is just as valuable. If you truly eat, sleep, and breathe comedy, what on earth do you have to talk about? How can an audience member relate to someone whose only hobbies include listening to podcasts and yelling at strangers on Twitter about said podcasts in between recording episodes of their own podcast? Saying no to bad gigs and refusing to work with exploitive people are net goods regardless of how it affects your calendar. You should have a life outside of this. Your friends, family, significant others, and your mental and physical health should not automatically take a backseat to bar shows and post-mic karaoke. A real comic knows when to step back and say no to hustle culture. And uh, Olivia Cathcart is a comedian, according to uh, Pace Magazine. I've never heard of her, but uh, she is a comedian and also a writer, and she wrote this article, and I thought it was really well-written, and uh, I gotta say I agree with a lot of this. Um, it did not take uh, COVID for me to uh, uh, realize a lot of the, the points that uh, were being said by her in this article and that you need to take a break from comedy from time to time and that you need to experience life outside of comedy in order to uh, find material that's relatable to other people uh, and come up with new material. Um, for me, that, that was pretty evident um, early on. And... Uh, uh, there are there were times though, weeks, some months where I would I would book a lot of shows, just book as many as I could, uh, 
go places I didn't really want to go. Um, just to like say, oh, hey, look at all the gigs I have. Yeah, I, I fell into that rabbit hole a few times, but uh, especially as someone who has a day job too, it's it's re- it could get really exhausting. So um, I like to be able to rest up every now and then. So um, I, I my my hope is that uh, other comedians that um, you know were so used to grinding it, as they say. Uh, regardless of whether or not they're actually any better, uh, hope, hopefully they've been able to enjoy this time away from comedy to some extent. I know it's been a lot longer than anyone expected it to be. Uh, nobody likes that. You know, we, we all miss it to some extent. Um, but uh, I, I guess my hope would be, you know, that, you know, some of them like, yo, you don't need to do this every day of the week you can still be just as funny four days a week you know or three days a week you know it you know you don't we don't all have to have our calendars filled to make us funny that's not what it's about and uh hopefully those that didn't realize that before realize that now um is it gonna be just is it gonna be easy for anybody after clubs are fully open again and masks aren't needed and you know when we're back to normal um the normal we love (laughs) uh is it going to be easy for everyone to get back into the groove probably not it's going to take a while but does that mean you should book seven shows a week to try to get yourself back into the groove faster i would say no i don't think that's the way to do it either so I, I don't know. I found this uh, article interesting. Um, if you have any, if you're a comedian or if you're not even a comedian and just have like a thought on this, um, feel free to call into that voicemail line that I set up that no one's called into yet. Um, that'd be cool. Um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I love baseball too. You know, that's a, another passion of mine is sports and baseball, especially. And, uh, I don't think I could attend a game every night of the week. I think the most I've attended in one week was like four, and then I was like, ugh. Well, I take that back. In uh, Arizona, I attended like 10 games in five days, but that was because we were going to two games a day. But, um, and that was a vacation. <laughs> but um, anyway, I, I'm I'm just trying to think of other things like where... Um, hustle culture might play an effect in your lives um anyway um yeah if you got any thoughts on that want to discuss it give a call to that voicemail line uh i just thought i'd share it with you because i found it interesting um interesting article uh written during these times and uh as for me again currently no shows booked Nothing going on. And that article made me feel less bad about that fact. <laughs> hey, it's all about me, baby. How does it make me feel? Anyway, um, all right, guys. Um, that's going to be it for this episode. This podcast. Uh, we'll see uh, how I do with uh, getting another episode up again sooner rather than later. But no promises. <laughs> There's... 
more likely to be an episode sooner than later if I actually get a legit uh, voicemail and that voicemail line that gives me something I can actually discuss. You know what I'm saying? All right. That's it for now. Talk to you later, guys. Bye.